You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzer. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to At The Diner, the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief of our website, that is greatgeekrefuge.com, but also I'm one of the hosts of this uh, wonderful and beautiful podcast, but I do not do this podcast alone. No, I have two fantastic podcast co-hosts along with me on pretty much every episode. Uh, The first, you know him, you love him. He just released a new single. Uh, It's called Rage Quit. You can find it on Bandcamp. You can find it anywhere that you stream music. Uh, His name is MC Brooks. I love King Shark. No spoilers, (laughs) though. We'll leave it at that. Um, We've also got the one, the only, a talented man when it comes to the visual arts, but also a talented man when it comes to the gift of gab. You can see him at Free Comic Book Day at... Gateway Com Nova Gateway Comics. Sorry, I almost said it wrong there. Nova Gateway Comics in Woodbridge, Virginia. That is going to be uh, next Saturday while we do our live podcast and uh, interview session. His name is James Rambo. Hey, everybody. So let's shout that out again one more time. Um, Nova Gateway Comics in Woodbridge. It's right there on Smoketown Road. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. John St. John's going to be there. Wes Johnson's going to be there. A lot more guests are going to be there as well. Lots of cool free giveaways, all sorts of fun, awesome things. And it helps support the local comic book shops, which we're all big fans of. And we feel, especially after the pandemic, that that is something that we should be doing is supporting our our local comic books, uh, local comic book stores for sure. Speaking of comic books, let's talk about our continued MCU rewatch. Let's jump into... Captain America 3, Civil War, or as the jaded comic book fan will say, oh, Avengers 2.5. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'll kick this off. Um, I don't think what I do with this one is going to be the same thing that happened with uh, Ultron, where I'm like, I liked it. And then you guys are like, it sucks because of this reason. Uh, <laughs> here's why you're wrong, Mike. <laughs> here's why you're wrong, Mike. That's what we're going to call this segment from now on. MCU Rewatch, a.k.a. Here's Why Mike is Wrong. Um, I... I really fucking enjoy this movie. And every single time I sit down to watch it, I'm always just like, 
man, this movie's really fucking good. Why do I not watch this more often? Why am, am I always just like not excited about this? Because I'll tell you, when I got to Captain America, the first Avenger, I was like, fuck, I'm so excited. I'm going to watch that shit right now. Same thing with Cap 2 Winter Soldier. But for whatever reason, when it comes to this one, I'm not nearly as excited. And I'm wrong every single time because it's a good goddamn movie. Um, the fact that like at various points, I, I say this to myself in my head every single time. Well, I don't really understand why Cap um, was so against the Sokovia Accords. And then a piece of dialogue will come out and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. <laughs> or like, that exact why is thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then or like the inverse where it's like Tony will say something. I'm like, I just don't understand why Tony can't even see Cap's side. And then he says something and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. There's, you know, story elements that make this make sense. It's just a solid flick. And I think that and we'll delve into this, too. One of the things that makes this so good is that, like, both sides have really valid points. The the pro Sokovia and the anti Sokovia Accords both have really solid points. And, like, it makes a lot of sense. It's an, an action-packed movie. It's, it's dealing with, like, okay, so here's the law, but then there's also justice and vengeance. Where do those fit into the law, but where does that fit into the regular person? Because, like, just imagine, we're all from the D.C. area. Let's say we were at AwesomeCon, and the events of Captain America 2 Winter Soldier happened while we were there. And, like, all of a sudden, a bunch of fucking Hydra agents all get, like, like activated, more or less. And shit just goes down. There's fucking helicarriers crashing. There's shit just going off everywhere. Like, imagine being a regular person in a world full of superheroes and how fucking frightening that must be. And how anxiety riddled you must be all the time. Or would it be the other way around where you would just be so, like, numb to it? Where, like, that fucking weird ring ship shows up of, of Thanos's and you're just like, oh, great, another fucking alien invasion. Let me see if I can call out a work on this one. I don't even know if that's even an eligible thing because I just called out for the uh, the Sokovia thing. And like I didn't really need to call out for the Sokovia thing. I was just making it up and being like, I have relatives in Sokovia. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to take a day. Um, like I'm just wondering like how that how that affects like the regular human being. Um, but at the same time, too, I fucking love this movie. And like Zemo, this is the first time I've seen Zemo since watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And like I, I fucking love that character, man. Like, yeah. there's something really, really cool about that character, even though he's a villain. And, like, I think that's something that Marvel does really, really well, is they make you love the villains as well. So that's my piece on this. Um, as, if I'm ranking these movies, I mean, this is in the top half. I don't know where I would rank it. Um, I still like the first two Captain Americas more, but I really like this one because this one kind of ties up the story of Winter Soldier. So they're kind of all fit together. It's kind of like this is the return of the Jedi to um, Winter Soldier's Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I my brain heard that as a title. Yeah. <laughs> Winter Soldier's Empire Strikes Back. I'm like, wait, what? Well, That's Hydra Strikes Back. I mean, no, my, no, like my brain heard that entire sentence as uh, a title for a movie. That'd be a dope fucking movie. Like, how could the Avengers get better? Lightsabers. That's really complicated. Let's go. <laughs> it's that. It's that shit that. Pat Oswalt did in a in a community, not in community, in um, Parks, Parks and Rec. Yeah, like it's just that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> there guys, you go. Matter of time. You're welcome, nerds. Just matter of time. Uh, MC, give me your take on uh, Cap Three. So, uh, rewatching this movie, every time I've watched this movie is always interesting because there are certain events 
that happened in it that I that that I feel like kind of bleed over from Age of Ultron. So like sometimes these two mo- the the these two films kind of run together. Like for example, the 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 part with uh, Tony and Cap like chopping wood for some reason I thought was part of Civil War, but that's definitely Age of Ultron. Um, so like every time I rewatch Cap three, it always feels like a, a movie I'm watching for the first time because there's like there's there are certain scenes that I remember like uh, Bucky's escape. Um, which like that entire sequence plus the the car chase like uh, the car chase sequence like there's so many parts of this movie that I remember and they're great and I think are like some of the top moments in the MCU um, but but they're, they're just lots of things that just I I don't I, I never really remember like vision not using not using doors <laughs> and uh, and, I, and I actually forgot that he and Wanda were on opposite sides uh, in this in this movie uh, also. Um, but ultimately, I, I, I really I really like this movie a lot. And I would also rank it in the in the, the top half of um, Marvel films, which is going to be kind of a bloated half because I also, you know, side with Rambo, who says that there aren't any bad Marvel movies, just some that are some that are better than others. And for me, this is one that I, I feel like would be in the in the upper echelon of, of films that I really like. I think for one it's nice to just see, uh, I mean, all the characters kind of interact because I, I I do think about this too. Like the Avengers movies by themselves are also are always this grand event because it's seemingly bringing you know all of our heroes from whatever else they were doing and finally bringing them back to, together again. Um, and this kind of this this movie does feel like a continuation of that. And so it's nice to kind of see the characters interact and references too because like I feel like that's kind of how it is in the comics. Where like you may be reading a run of someone, but if you see like, you know, Tony pop in or Spider Man pop, you know, show up in a in a phone call or something, it's not all that it's not all that surprising. So it, that was that was kind of um, that was kind of nice to see. I, I, the um, the action sequences uh, in this movie are all dope. I mean, I mean that's to be expected. And uh, and honestly, like th- this movie does feel like kind of a. Um, a turn, a, a turning of the MCU since it is pretty much the point where Kevin Feige began taking over um, and leading the charge for everything we've gotten between this movie and, and, and where we are now. And I, I kind of got that vibe from it while I was um, rewatching it uh, yesterday or the day, day before yesterday. Um, that, that, it, that it was setting kind of a, a different uh, tone as to what we could expect for the for the MCU going forward, and I mean it's it's a great movie. I, I don't really know why I can't seem to ever remember <laughs> uh, parts of this movie or why they seem to bleed with Age of Ultron, but um, I mean as far as the good things, I mean that I I I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's only really two two not good things I have to say about this movie, but I'll save those for later. Okay, yeah, I think that's fair. We'll go over the positives and then we'll go over the negatives. That's a really good point, though, too. I didn't realize that I, I didn't put like two and two together that Feige had really kind of taken over the reins right around this time. This was um, th- this was the movie that pretty much caused the entire like to cause Marvel to like reshuffle because Kevin Feige was going to quit. If he, he, he was going to quit. Um, and then and Marvel responded by saying, no, 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 we'll just we'll just put you in charge. And that's when. That it's it, that's when the divide started that kind of led to like the Marvel Netflix shows not being considered MCU canon. 
which is a goddamn shame. But yeah, no, I got you. Um, see, I actually I looked at it as the other as another passing of the torch in a sense, because like this is the Russo brothers um, doing their shit. And like they had done, if I remember correctly, it was only one of them that directed um, uh, Cap 2. But both of them worked on this one. Does that sound right, Rambo? Um, I think they've if, if I think all the all the projects they've done with Marvel they've worked together on. Okay, um, we can confirm that. Yeah, that no, was it was both of them for Winter Soldier. It was okay. I, yeah, I think yeah, they're one of the yeah. one of the handful of exceptions that the DJ allows in terms of having two directors on something. Okay, so yeah, okay, so either way, like I I feel like this was the passing of the torch. Because before, Whedon was kind of their go-to guy. And we're not going to um, retroactively change continuity here. We're not going to retcon this and be like, oh, they knew that Whedon was a piece of shit. No, they had problems with Whedon because of the issues, I guess, that they had with Ultron. So there was already another issue that they were dealing with with him. And they were like, all right, well, we're just going to give this shit to the Russo brothers. And the Russo brothers were like, fuck yeah. And they did some awesome shit because they also directed both of um the infinity war movies both infinity war and endgame so like it was kind of like whedon was probably like <laughs> they're gonna come crawling back and offer me more money for uh avengers 3 and avengers 4 and they were like now nah, we're good go go fuck up another franchise <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like not that he fucked up like avengers but like it again like it's this was more of a like he was like oh well you guys will come crawling back and they're like no we got it figured out no we're we're good yeah, uh, yeah but, we're but all you, set homie you guys don't you guys don't need me are you are you, are you are you sure yeah 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 no 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 we got it hey actually by the way can you can you go like we've got a lot to do yeah I, I, I guess I can go like, I remember no there was a, there was a lot of uh, acrimony um like just as uh uh fucking Age of Ultron came out about how like uh you know there was obviously they cut things down and trim stuff and like things didn't make sense people were like oh well they'll just you know there'll be like a, a special edition on the the blu-ray or something and Whedon was the first one to be like no there's not gonna be no this is it this is it that's all they're doing and this is the last thing I'm doing with them all right like, oh okay man that's unexpected all right I, I I guess that's that I just wonder if something actually happened I think he was just stressed the fuck out, among other things. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like, one of Marvel's biggest problems, um, and to some degree it's, it's one of the reasons they're as successful as they have been, is they are not about... Um, they, they have very particular ways they want to do things, sometimes to, to their own detriment. Um, and either you're on board or you're not. And I think it's not unlike the way that Sam Raimi reacted when Sony was like, you're putting Venom in this last Spider-Man movie. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, no, you have to. He's like, I really don't want to. I've made you guys a lot of fucking money. I would hope that you would trust me now. Now you have to. All right, great. Well, this is what I think of that stupid fucking character. So here you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he did kind of. I mean, 100%. Like, he he put in an Easter egg in the first movie, and people were like, oh, Venom's going to be in the second movie. And Raimi was like, I will never do a Venom movie. I hate that character. And 
fucking Sony made him. And that's why he was like, I'm not doing any more of these. Because they were like, yeah, keep going. Keep making these movies. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm set. Three's good. Um, because there is something to be said for at a certain point. How much do you trust your creatives? Yeah. Uh, do you, re- you know, you're, you're 100% relying on them to make this product for you and make you this money. Um, have you found that more control, more, you know, trying to keep them under your thumb has led to better product? Or are you just so paranoid? It, it, it ends up becoming the opposite of what you'd think. The more money something makes, the more people are invested in how much money it's going to make. And so that's when they sort of start, start, to, start to tighten the reins and be like, no, 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 you have to do all these things the way we want you to. And it's like, all right, well, I'm talking done. Again, I mean, we talked about it recently. Fucking Ava DuVernay uh, was going to do Black Panther, and um, Edgar Wright was going to do Ant-Man, and, like, Marvel's like, well, you need to get in line and do these things. And they're like, no, I'm good. So... Yeah. You know, yeah, I just, good. I, I no, I, it was more like I get it, but I also wonder like what exactly it is. Is, is it the same? Oh, kind sure. Of thing where it's like these characters have to be in these movies, and the directors are like, "Stop telling me what to do." And I imagine like, it's, it, that's a big part of it. Yeah, is you have to include these characters. You have to, um, you have to include this, you know, subplot. Um, and it ends up becoming like, well, you're, you're stealing focus in my movie and it's not really flowing the way it's supposed to, but basically you're kind of shitting on my movie by making me force this in here. Cause now I have to derail my plan in order to make all of this work. And that's a problem. Um, I mean, being a film director is, is in a lot of ways about, about control. Um, and you know it's it's a big deal, and it, and it always has been when a, when a director gets final cut on a movie, because that means they have the final say of what the movie is when it's released. Um, and some people like that's just in their contracts, flat out. I get final cut, and if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But I'm not making a movie with you. Um, and for other people, they're like, all right, you know, whatever. It, I mean, it's it's your difference between somebody like. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. This is this is a thing with 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 gun, but like, what? <laughs> what is that? Sorry, that was that was my fault. <laughs> awesome. Um, it's the difference between somebody like James Gunn, who knows what they're doing and knows what they want to do, and somebody like Brett Ratner, who is like, I make movies because they make me money, and they're not that hard for me to do. So sure, what movie do you want me to make? I'll make that. Yeah, okay, let's go. You want me to it's, kill Cyclops? Sure. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I, yeah I'll give a fuck. Um, it's you know one person is, um, you know it's 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 personal for them. It's, it's something they're they're invested in, and the other person is a job. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know you can look at the quality of their work and see who loves it and who doesn't. Yeah. No. Agreed. For sure. Um, so that being said, James, what are your yeah. thoughts on uh, Civil War? Well, so the problem with Civil War, no. Um, it's it, inherently racist. What? I, it is? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> States rights, Mike. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I, this was Captain America 3, The Lost Cause. I, <laughs> the thing that I think is most impressive about that movie is how many moving parts are, you know, being managed, how many, how many balls are in the air. Um, because they managed to basically do an, a, a soft sequel to Age of Ultron. They continue the story um, uh, uh, with um, Tony and Cap, and you know, by the end of it, managed to completely break that uh, that relationship. And they introduce Black Panther and Baron Zemo, and have that whole subplot work. Like that's a lot. That's really fucking impressive. Like any one of those things would be really impressive. Yeah. Um, but to to feature a an antagonist that is um, he, I mean, yeah, I, I I hesitate to call Zemo the villain. I mean, like he does do some villainous shit. Um, but it's also like, well, this is the this is what someone who is you know a fucking special ops soldier. Like this is how he reacts to these kinds of things. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I also can't think of Zemo without thinking of two lasagnas stacked on top of each other. Is still one lasagna. Still one lasagna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's out of line. He's, out he's, line. Like, he's not wrong. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Like they, and I mean, and also like, you know, kudos to them for being the first to sort of open the door to, we're going to take characters that are fl that are flat out Nazis in the comics and not make them Nazis. We're going to do different things with them um, because yeah, Baron Zemo is straight up a a, a national socialist. Um, but yeah, it's it's the balancing act required to pull off this movie and have it just be like decent was a lot of work. And the fact that they managed to do it with this level of quality is super impressive. Um, I have been trying to find this fucking video, and I can't find it. Um, but it was a really thorough breakdown. Uh, it might have been one of y'all that sent it to me, but I think it was my buddy Phil. Um, but it was a really thorough breakdown of um, the, the fact that... Uh, uh, there is a person that is like, you know, the, you know, we were talking about the, the sort of like, um, moral gray areas and things of this movie and how you leave it, not really knowing what side is right, which side is wrong. Um, and the video is like, no, Captain America is right. And here are all these reasons why. And the dude's argument is fucking solid. Um, essentially what it comes down to is, this movie has Tony uh, reevaluating his stance on things, like all of his experiences. He's like over the course of of of, uh, of him in the MCU, Tony is changing, right? He's becoming a different person. Yeah, right. Steve is not. Steve doesn't really have a character arc in the same way because Steve is who. He was when he was, you know, before he got the, the serum. Um, 
he's not having experiences that are changing his perspective on things. What Steve is doing is he is reevaluating his positions based on what's happening. And ultimately, what he comes back to is, no, this is the right thing to do. Whatever his stance is, he has, you know, he, he is very fortunate in that his moral center has showed him, like, this is the proper thing to do. This is the right take on this. And you can, you know, you can take your time and reevaluate that, but you shouldn't turn away from that or waver. I, like, one of the first places we really see that is Winter Soldier, when he's like, okay, yeah, man out of time thing, blah, blah, blah. But also, this is this is me trying to function in the modern world, and I guess this is what war looks like now. And then by the end of the movie, being like, no, this was all bullshit. All the, none of this works. None of this makes sense. Um, none of this is functioning the way it's supposed to. Like the whole like, you know, punish our enemies before they attack. Like that. He's like, that's it's not how that works. <laughs> like you, you. I thought the punishment was supposed to come after the crime. Um, and it's, it's a really very interesting and nuanced take on, uh, on all these characters, uh, specifically, uh, Tony and Cap. Um, but this really thorough breakdown of, um, Tony, uh, Steve's perspective, uh, and how he doesn't really change. Um, he more just sort of, um, takes a second look at, at, at how, you know, like, am I someone whose feelings are um, out of date? Like, sh do I need to, uh, to to adapt and change with uh, with the modern climate and modern world? Um, and realizing, like, no, no. It, it, it ends up being the the Skinner the Skinner meme of like, no, 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 it's the children that are wrong. Um, <laughs> only in this case, he's right. <laughs> and like, it's 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 one of the few instances where it's like, no, 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 man, you're you're actually on on top of things. Um, I will see if I can find it. We should uh, we should put it in the notes or something. But yeah, no, it's it's a hundred percent because like at one point, because uh, I, I was just watching this before we started. At one point, he says, like Tony almost has Cap sign the accords. Yeah, because he was like he was like, listen, we're gonna get help for Barnes. Like we're gonna end, he's gonna be in an American psych ward instead of a Wakandan prison. Like we got this. We're we're gonna take care of this. And then he finds out what they're doing to Wanda. Yep. yep. And you hear him. I think he says, God damn it, Tony. Yep. <laughs> it's like, you almost had me. I was there. I was yep. with you. And then yeah. you're pulling this shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's. It, again, it's nuanced. And that's what makes this so fucking good. This is why this is such a good movie is because there's no clear cut good guy bad guy when it comes to your good guys and your bad guys yeah like because yeah. i don't know about y'all but like when when fucking zemo has got that um former colonel that was hydra hung upside down with his head in the fucking sink like i want i was like fucking drown him kill that nazi yeah. asshole do it <laughs> and he does it and i was like fuck yeah zemo get him yeah like <laughs> what you fucking get what you get for being a fucking fascist um yeah yeah <laughs> it's just it's a it's a good solid movie and like again i've got my nerd blinders on right now i didn't have any issue with it and like i can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about that so mc i know you had something specific um 
why did they jump Tony at the end of this movie? Like that was really <laughs> fucked up. That's, All right, that, that's fair. That was that that is that was like that was pretty fucked up of Captain Bucky. I'm like he has very justifiable anger at Bucky after finding out that he's he's the one who killed who, who killed his parents. They went ahead and jumped that man, and Steve tried to tried to had to defend everything he did to that point with being like, well, he's my friend. I'm like, motherfucker, you've saved the world twice with Tony and the others. Are they not your friends? We fought aliens together, man. Right? They're not not your friends? I love the stance being like, no, motherfuckers, I just work with you. We are not friends. Which, which, and I'm sure we we can all relate to that, you know, at various jobs we've all had. There there are plenty of jobs where I've been like, hey, I just work here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I, like I get that. But like I am, I am damn. helping you be better at your job because that's my job. We're not actually <laughs> friends. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Which understandable. But like to this point, I was like, well, damn. Like that, that's 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 kind of an asshole, asshole thing to do. You know, considering I mean they they partied, going on missions. Like I said, they saved they've saved the world. I do I do love the meme that says two war veterans beat up a uh, guy with a heart condition. which is which is which is uh which is basically it yeah um yeah i mean that's not an actual criticism it was just it was just the thing that i kind of side-eyed cap over well the second thing the the second thing i side-eyed him over the first was that uh that really really awkward sharon carter moment and i know you guys know the one i'm talking about yeah Hey, little, little, little weird. I had what? a thing. I had a thing for your aunt, and I'm 105 years old. Let me make out with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just look, little cringe. Little, little cringe. At uh, the same time, too, he's a man. She's a woman. They're technically, like, physically, I, mean, I guess, the same age, roughly, because I feel like everybody's like, oh, he's 105. Yeah, but he also was frozen for 70 years. So is he really yeah, 105? Really in his mid 30s. I mean, yeah. 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 But I bet you he wasn't. He wasn't having that last that last dance with Peggy and being like, like, oh, by the way, I made that with your niece in the future. <laughs> dude, dude, your, your future niece is an awesome kisser. Yeah, this is very good. I see. I see where she gets it from. <laughs> yeah, Sharon does this different. What? <laughs> Shen does this shit where she swirls her tongue. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking it's, blows my mind. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my and, God. Man, that, you think that Sharon Carter shit is bad in the movie. Oh, in the comic, it Uh-oh. is. What well, because in the, in the comic, it's um, she looks exactly like Peggy. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, it, it becomes Uh-oh. this thing of like. Oh, no, Steve, no. It, it's clearly a matter of like, well, you know, if Steve is this age and this much time has gone by, then we can't do Sharon or we can't do Becky Carter because Peggy's dead uh, or she's an octogenarian. Um, but what if? <laughs> Follow me on this. Just okay. Introducing a love interest, a woman. We make it her like niece or her like great niece or some shit. Keeps it in the family, and she, for some <laughs> reason, looks exactly the same. <laughs> and like, um, that's a little strange. I'm not really sure why you needed to do that, but uh, okay. 
You ready yeah. for one of those uh, Marvel no prizes from me? Do it. So back in the 30s and 40s, that kind of thing was common because if somebody's husband like died and like you're the brother of the husband, like you're like, no, I'm going to take care of you because this is what he would have wanted me to do. So we'll get married even though we don't love each other. That kind of shit. But again, I don't think I should get a no prize for this because that's just wrong. <laughs> like, I don't think Steve was thinking that either. No, I don't think he was thinking <laughs> that either. I think honestly, the only thing Steve was thinking was like, uh, I haven't First kissed a woman. First of all, my neighbor's hot. Oh, shit, I she's a Carter, too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't kissed a woman since the 40s. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Steve was thinking, what's up, bro? <laughs> That's me. No, wait, he kissed uh, uh, Natasha. Natasha. Yeah, I was yeah. just I was just thinking that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was going to ask, though, uh, Rambo, like, since you're familiar with the comic, right? Like, are there any major... I mean, like outside of certain characters, like I'm sure Fantastic Four and some others like are probably there who are not there. But like outside of that, are there like any like major plot differences between like the comic and oh, the fuck. film? Oh, oh yeah, almost I actually read this. Yeah, yeah, they're they're wholly different. The, the um, fucking usage of Thor. Oh phew, God. Yeah. That fucking comic. All right, I'm gonna take a, a, a real heavy stance here. Um, and I guess this could be a hot take, but fuck that comic. It is not very good. Um, I don't understand the, the the. There's such a a big bunch of people who are like, oh, it's so great, like you know, modern masterpiece. No, it's not. It is clearly someone who doesn't understand American politics writing American politics. Um, to that fucking the conflict in that comic was solved in a conversation in a what if issue. Steve and Tony have one conversation where Tony's like, hey, didn't we just bust up the Young Avengers because they weren't trained? Didn't you mandate that in the Avengers that everybody has to have like hand-to-hand combat training and like train with the team and know what the hell they're doing? That's really what we want to do with the initiative. And Steve goes, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And it ends with Steve leading the initiative, like overseeing <laughs> it, because that's what would happen. The idea that Tony would like, and like, this is where it becomes pretty fucking insidious. The idea that Tony would take the stance of the government side and be like, no, 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 no. this needs to be regulated. All of you need to be fucking, uh, 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 we need to have all of your names in a database. You're all technically now shield agents, which means you can, I mean, on the one hand, fucking yeah. Like we shouldn't have superpowered assholes running around doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Um, like it's, it's benevolent fascism, but it's still fascism. Um, on the other hand, uh, uh, it's rarely a good idea for the government to or, or for any government to, to, to get lists of names and put them in a database. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a whole other, that becomes very complicated as well. Um, but yeah, so the idea that Tony, Mr. No, you can't have my armors, fuck you, would take the stance of like, well, yes, of course, you know, uh, uh, Uncle Sam has our best interest at heart. Um, and that Steve would... Uh, would function in, in this sort of like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want, kiss my ass. Um, 
like those stances don't really make a lot of sense. I'm not even saying that like, you know, because Captain America is Captain America, that he'd be on the side of the government. Absolutely not. But the 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 impetus for the comic is there the new warriors have recently reformed. They are doing a um the the and the whole conceit of it is they're doing a like a reality show. And so there's a camera crew following them around, like busting up super villains and shit. And they go and like they've gotten wind that there are a bunch of like D-list villains in this house that they're squatting in or something. And they're gonna go and like bust them and like, you know, have them arrested and blah, blah, blah. And so they go after them and uh, uh, you know, they catch a couple of them, but one guy gets out, this guy Nitro. Now Nitro has the ability to explode and then reform his body. Well, I think Speedball uh, uh, is chasing after Nitro and Nitro stops outside of an elementary school and is basically like, you fucked up. And he goes off and he kills a bunch of children. Um, and all of this came back to if if the the if Shield was regulating this team, they would have had intel on his power set and what have, what would have been going on with him because that be, ends up becoming like a whole subplot of like like why was Nitro as powerful as he was like that that like based on everything they knew he wouldn't be able to do what he did, um, but also like um, there would have been like full breakdowns and dossiers on like all, everybody in the house they would have known everybody's power set they would have known how best to approach it and instead it was a group of people basically running around with unchecked weapons um just kicking in a door and being like hey we're here to stop you um and so that becomes the impetus for uh the registration act and it's and it's an adaptation of the mutant registration act to be all right now it's not just mutants we need to keep track of it's everybody who's superpowered or who is doing some vigilante shit. Um, and so, yeah, the the it, it's the same reason that I'm, I'm very curious to see what Secret Invasion is going to be like. Because Civil War, the movie, basically just takes the concept of, like, Cap and Tony are at odds over something that is seemingly very reasonable on one end, but also very unreasonable on another. Um... And it falls to like registering with the government and becoming, you know, and basically getting a job and like benefits and shit, um, which truthfully is part of why Spider-Man is like, I, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I don't have to struggle to make ends meet anymore. People will stop hating me. Um, okay, cool. Let's I got do bills it. to pay, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, there's the there's the the, the fairly famous panel from uh, the beginning of Jonathan Hickman's run of Avengers which is uh, Iron Man being like, we have money, and Peter going, oh, thank God. Fucking <laughs> Iron Man. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the movies do a good job of taking the bare-bones concept of the story and adapting it, as opposed to adapting the specific comic. Um, which I think is just a strength of the MCU overall, is they're not necessarily looking to do one-off, like, like straight-up uh, like line to line adaptations. Yeah, um, we've yeah. talked about that before too. That like that's a huge strength of the MCU, is that like it's not just a 
let's do exactly what was in the comic book. And like that, I know that pisses off a lot of nerds, but I mean, honestly, fuck them. Um, because like, yeah, like we talked about last thing, man, you do a, a line for line, you know, Hank Pym's a wife beater. And that's not something that I think that we should be bringing into the comics or into the movies. And like the MCU, like you said, yeah, like it's, Civil War was fine, I guess, but there was just a lot. And they felt, and like it, the comic, not the movie. Um, the comic felt like they were just trying to cram every single character in there. And like it, the Punisher had to be there. And like the Punisher story was interesting because like at one point he kills some villains and everybody's like, oh, the Punisher's on our side. And fucking Captain America beats the shit out of him. <laughs> and like. Everybody's like, why didn't why didn't Frank Castle fight back? Because Frank Castle actually respects Captain America. And like it was just it was a whole thing. And it was like, OK, I get that. But at the same time, too, this is a kind of a wasted thing. Like you're using Frank Castle for what exactly? Like just so that Captain America can beat him up and he can be like, I respect you. Captain." And America. so that the Punisher can be there. And I mean, and like so, Mike, you read the comic. Yeah, the. The thing that I, I found most interesting is, and, and, and a big difference between the movie and the comic, is in the movie, it is very nuanced and it is very much like, well, we're not really sure who's right. Yeah. You know, this is the, the, the point of this is, is both of them make very good points on both sides of this. And in the comic, it's, it's kind of sold that way. But if you look at what's actually going on, like every time Captain America is like putting together a plan, it looks like the the fucking emperor uh, uh, from Star Wars planning out some kind of like siege or some shit. It's always like very dark and creepy looking, and you know, basically Captain America and his team are all like almost always operating not just from a standpoint of like um, they don't have a lot of money or resources in the same way, but like literally in the shadows. Whereas Iron Man is being showcased as like this hero um, who's like, you know, out in the sunshine and doing big and great things. Oh, the, the Insidious bit I mentioned earlier, um, the like the sort of like, well, why would Iron Man, who is all about his own individual freedoms and about not kowtowing to anybody, you know, why would he agree to do this? There is a um there's a miniseries called The Pulse, and th it's uh, it's Jessica Jones and Ben Urich, and they start doing all this research about like, well, like what the hell's going on? Like, you know, why you know why is Tony Stark taking this stance? And the reveal at the end of the the miniseries is that it's because he's a war criminal, and because he's he's a war profiteer, and well, not necessarily a war criminal, but a war profiteer. He's like, you know. He's the one who built the raft, which is the giant, uh, uh, like, floating prison that they put all of the the supervillains and shit in. Uh, he got all these government contracts because of it. It's like, it's like, Tony, you haven't really broken away from your origins. Like, you're still the dude who is making weapons for the government. It just so happens that you're also, you know, leading the charge. Like, this is, this is, this is, this is like... It's not it's not like Pete Rose was betting on games. It's like Pete Rose was betting on games and he was an owner of a team and he was overseeing the salary caps. And, and like it is it's such a a and and the and the story just kind of ends there where they're like, we have enough evidence to show that this is what you did, but we can't quite prove it. 
and so we won't publish it. But fuck you, we know what you did. And Tony's just sort of like, yeah, I'm not a good person. <laughs> and like, that's the end of the miniseries. It's just like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit, but I'm very rich. So, okay. Um, yeah, the the Mark Miller is, is a dude who just like, he's like, he takes a hard stance on things like that fucking story ends with with New Yorkers pelting Captain America with garbage and Captain America crying because he's like he's you know he's lost the American people fuck off it's so stupid if if anything if we've learned anything in the last four years uh, it's that America is completely divided and that like uh, like 60% of it would be on Cap's side and 40% would think that he is a traitor because He's not kowtowing to the government. Like, if that's anything that we've learned, it's that there's 40% of this country that's stupid as fuck. And, like... We want small government. Yeah. But you should also listen to what they say, unless what they say infringes on my freedoms. Yeah. Unless it's a rich white man that's telling me what to do, because I want to be a rich white man, too. I'm just, you know, got all these medical bills. It's too bad there's no way to pay them. But wait, the way to pay them? Fuck it, I don't want that. (laughs) Woo! America. Yeah. Um, no, and it's that's funny too because that really makes sense now if you look at this story. Why would Tony, who loves individual freedom, ultimately want to sign the accords? Because part of it's a guilt thing for him. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they play up really, really well. Because again, like fucking like Alfrey Woodard, just fucking shout out to her, man. God yeah. damn, she can act her face off. Like that scene where she's just like, Yeah, hey, by the way, you murdered my son, you piece of shit. Like <laughs> granted that's a hard line stance to take when it was like because you're talking about like somebody who's responsible for murder it, was he really responsible for what happened in Sokovia in a way yes because he created Ultron but like it it's it's complicated because isn't Ultron the one ultimately responsible because he gave Ultron free will to make whatever decisions he wanted to so like I, I don't know it's basically like charging somebody's dad with murder because I mean it's it, yeah. it gets you know, and and you know, start talking about like gun rights and things. Yeah, is the gun manufacturer should they be held responsible for something? Someone who kills someone else with one of their weapons? Yeah, and like it, it it's it be, you know because like you said, it becomes a very nuanced, very complex issue. Yeah, yeah, but ultimately, like solid flick. Like the fact that we're talking this much about all of the subtext to it shows how much or how well this movie was was executed because they they did they did a fantastic job. They really did. And I can't think of other than like like MC saying, like, why they gotta jump our man? Like what the fuck? Like <laughs> So I have a response to that. Um I I mean they, they it does end up being that kind of fight. I think in the moment it becomes two things. One um, I have to defend my friend, at least in Steve's end. But two, they don't actually know if they can beat Tony one-on-one. And truthfully, we don't really find out. Because they both end up having to fight him in order to take him out. Or, to, or not even to take him out, but just to neutralize the threat. Um, and... I, I think it's just being a matter of like if we're going to survive this, um, 
we have to work together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, like not, not, not unlike the first Avengers movie. It's like it, individually we would all die. But if we, if we work as a team, we can make it through this. And it just so happens that it's instead of it being an alien invasion and the full team, it is Cap and Bucky against just one member yeah. of that team. You know, uh, and, and, and to, thought and, about and, something. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and to, to kind of add on to it too, Tony probably would have killed Bucky in that case. Like there would be no, you know, take him back, rehabilitate him, put him in jail. Or oh, that. straight Tony up. Want, Tony wanted blood. <laughs> so yeah. like, I can also, I can also understand it. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure if there was some sort of something where, where Tony and Cap would have been like, okay, well, we'll just bring him in or something. Cap wouldn't have liked it, but I'm sure that would have been, it would have been very different than, no, I want him dead. When you also get like, you you get the 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 opposite parallel with, um, opposite parallel doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like theological <laughs> ranger. Um, you get the the other end of the spectrum, uh, from the child's reaction, which is true. No, you don't. You don't get to leave. You know the the world of living is not finished with you, which is one of the greatest fucking lines. Um. Like, you know, you are you are directly responsible for the death of my father. And Zemo doesn't have the excuse of I was brainwashed and I didn't I wasn't controlling myself. Um, like there's you could try to make the argument that like, well, maybe he didn't like, he didn't mean for King, King, uh, King T'Chaka to die. Um, but like you set a bomb in a building you're trying to make a point and you're you're okay with casual at the very least he was fine with someone dying um so so of the two of them like bucky has the stronger case <laughs> in terms of like well it wasn't really my fault um and and T'Challa's just like no no i you know i've been carrying a lot of pain this whole time and i'm not going to let that ruin me Right. You were gonna pay for what you've done, whereas Tony's response is you, you kill and 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 it and it's also interesting too. T'Chaka and T'Challa have a very close relationship. They have a very healthy relationship, and Tony's relationship with his dad is really strained, and and not especially healthy. Um, and actually, I I think now that I think about, it, I think Tony's response is like you killed my mom yeah they, it's they, not they, you killed they, my exactly. parents yeah um and so it's it's you you took the one thing the one person i really cared about away from me as opposed to you you took away my parent um tony has a very visceral very very human uh but very visceral reaction to it um and and just lashes out um, but yeah, no, he, he, he was not bringing, bringing Bucky back to the mainland. Oh, he he, he wanted to bring his body back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bucky Barnes. Um, so yeah, th to, to some degree, it's a matter of like, <laughs> you know, if, if my buddy's going to survive and also to some extent, like this is sort of a no prize answer. Um, but Steve prevented him, it prevented his friends, his friend, Tony, from committing a murder. Yeah. Yeah. So. Additionally, 
we gave Star Lord so much shit, and and not just we like the three of us, but just the collective nerd like alliance like gave Star Lord so much shit for what he did in Infinity War, for losing his cool about the death of somebody, and honestly, that's exactly what Tony Stark did, because oh. a rational, well thought out person would have been like. I'm really fucking angry. I'm really upset because you're the person that killed my mom and my dad. But at the same time, too, you weren't under control. You you were literally brainwashed into doing this. This wasn't you. You didn't make this conscious decision to do this. But again, too, this is why these movies are so good, because they're realistic, because that's what somebody would do. You're not gonna like think rationally when you find out the the, the thing that you thought got taken taken from you accidentally wasn't an accident at all. It was a fucking murder. I I don't know it's so much the realism as it is the 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 um, the emotional like grounding of it. Yeah. Um, being able to say like it's it's not an unreasonable reaction to to it's it's why T'Challa's decision stands out so much is because. That is a very um, well-adjusted, um, uh, uh, smart adult decision to make, as opposed to like the immediate trigger-happy or, or need, like knee-jerk response of, you know, you hurt me in this particular way, and now I'm going to do everything I can to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, can can I say uh, one last thing too? I don't know if you guys uh, got to had this reaction, but I definitely got a little bit emotional seeing Chadwick. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I did too. Because I I I remember the feeling I got the first time I saw him in in this film and being like, damn, like we got our Black Panther and like being really excited because I mean. He he was one of the highlights of of this film, and honestly, his suit in this is my favorite suit. Like between this and the suit in Black Panther, I love this suit. I mean, they're both they're both dope, but I, I loved his suit in this one too. And like you you really like you really got to see just the 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 depth and the weight that he really, that he brought to this character and. It, it 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 did give me a little bit and being like, damn, like we're supposed to get more movies with you. Yeah, this wasn't supposed to be it. Yeah, now nah, I got you, man. That's yeah, because when he popped up, I was like, fuck, that's right, he's dead. That sucks, damn. Like, yeah, and he was yeah, he, like you said, he was great in this movie, and um. Overall, yeah, and I'm wondering now, like, again, too, like you said, emotionally grounded. Like, there, these are realistic expectations from ultimately humans. And I'll tell the other thing that was interesting about this too is like now, like I said, this is the first time I'd seen Zemo since I'd watched um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. This is also the first time that I'd seen Vision and Scarlet Witch since I had watched uh, WandaVision. Mm -hmm. And they do a really, really good job of setting up a relationship between those two early on in this, because like you see that the like vision is like duty bound, but also at the same time is like, you know, I care about you a great deal and I don't want you hurt. And like, it's a very human response to, you know, a response from a, a fucking robot, you know, <laughs> like, 
And like he like he understands. He's like, this is what I need to do. Like you need to you're you're a danger because of your powers. And like yeah. that they really set that up too, because boy does that get shown in fucking full for force in WandaVision. Yeah, I was gonna say, doesn't doesn't he allude to it as much um when Hawkeye shows up? When he, yeah. he when, when I, I can't remember his exact sentence, but he's he basically says that her her staying there is for like her protection, but it's like it's not the only reason that he wants her to stay there. I can't. Oh, I don't vision? Yeah, yeah, vision. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's um, it, it's it's the um, the very clear allusion to like there's more to like a more than just a, a sort of a, a baseline friendship with them. Um, it's you. It would be dangerous potentially to other people, but also I want to protect you. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which like there is something to that. And 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 not dissimilarly uh to what Tony is saying. The difference is and, and this is what I think is the most interesting part of this uh, uh, of the the real at the core of this is it's about choice. If um Tony is willing to sacrifice liberty in the service of safety. And Steve is not. Steve is saying, no, it, you know, if you want to stop someone from being able to make these kinds of decisions, like, like it's, I mean, Steve, Steve's argument uh, uh, when, when Ross shows up uh, about how, like, what if there's somewhere we need to go and they won't let us? Like, these are, these are not decisions to be made by bureaucrats. You know, we're the ones boots on the ground. Uh, we're the ones actually making the decisions. Like, it it feels very much like someone who has been in the military, who has seen, like, ranking officers make bad decisions based on in, in, intelligence that they don't really understand or that they have specific agendas. Like, that's another thing he talks about. He's like, everybody here has an agenda, and we're trying to do what's best as opposed to what is most politically uh, uh, effective or convenient. Um, and Tony's just like, I don't want anyone else to get hurt. And if that means I have to lock someone in a suit of armor to keep them from getting uh, from, from feeling pain, that's what I'll do. So it becomes this, um, you know, this, this very interesting uh, interplay of like, what is, Tony's heart being 100% in the right place, but the way he wants to go about it being like, I am willing to sacrifice all of mine and all of your freedoms in order to keep you safe. You just have to trust that that's what, that what I'm doing is the right thing. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, again, too, it's, it's a, like you said, kind of ham fisted in the uh, comics of somebody who doesn't really understand American politics, but the movie really nails it. Oh, fuck yeah. Because what's funny, though, too, is, is how much has changed since this movie came out um, with those two sides of the political coin. You know, like. We need to give up our freedom for safety. And because that used to be a, I mean, there was a legit argument to be had there. Um, now there's not because that side is, is so fucking like out out there again to going back to winter soldier like this points to the fact that that movie was really on to something about the whole like insidious nature of like fascism sneaking into 
democracy and acting like it's, oh, we're just conservative. No, you're just fucking fascist in a really nice suit. You know, like it's it, 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 it's not surprising. It's it's all it, it's really awesome that these movies that were supposed to be for, quote unquote, kids that are supposed to be just like mindless action flicks have some really important things to say about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we've pretty much hit everything we're going to hit when it comes to Cap 3 uh, Civil War. We all across the board. We really dug this movie. I mean, obviously. Um, so let's kind of pivot and let's go into um, Spider-Man Homecoming, which was an incredible MCU debut for a, a classic character, if not the most classic character uh, in the Marvel universe, just across the board, comic books, cartoons, movies. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to do a whole separate episode all about Spidey. Um, so stay tuned for that one. Um, again, thank you all so very much. It was another just fantastic month in the month of July uh, for what we were able to do as far as like subscriptions and things like that. You guys just keep blowing me away. And it's 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 humbling. It really is. I, we truly appreciate everything that, that you do, every episode you listen to, every article that you read. Uh, in fact, if you're curious what we thought of Suicide Squad, take out Mr. Uh, take a look at Mr. James Rambo's recent review that he did. Uh, it's up on the website. Same thing with my review of the Netflix series Sweet Tooth, which uh, I really enjoyed. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit, too, in the. Uh, in the Spidey episode as well. So stay tuned for the next episode where we talk Spider-Man Homecoming. We also talk a little bit Sweet Tooth, and then we're also gonna talk uh, a little bit of Suicide Squad as well. So stay tuned for that. But again, remember together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!